What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is Dario Hunt from Moving Life Fearless. Welcome back to another Music Files podcast. Today's date is February 1st, 2019. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Reese Walker. Say what up to everybody. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. The Music Files about to chop it up. Some music news and all the latest tunes. Yeah, so we're just going to, you know, got nothing, no topic specifically planned for this week and no guests this week, but we are just going to talk about some music news and then we're going to hop into, you know, some of our thoughts about some of the albums that have come out recently that we really haven't gotten a chance to talk about. So let's just hop right into it. <clears throat> right off the back, breaking news basically from today. I don't know if you've seen Takashi 6 9 situation, but it has gotten significantly worse. Yeah, there's been a development of charges. Yeah, um, so what people, if you don't know what's happened with him, he has pleaded guilty to nine counts, and apparently he is cooperating with uh, federal authorities with their other, you know, cases, and it was nine counts of racketeering and like something else, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. Drugs and weapon, of course, in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Six nine. So, pretty sure he's it's done. Interesting. He's done, but the charges are weird in the way that he's taken in. So it's like a weird situation. Because, like, Bobby Schmurter's in jail. And I don't know, based on the charges, but also he's like, basically this is a plea deal. Like, because he hasn't gone to court for to plead guilty. Right. Like, this is, these that's are pleas before the court. That's cooperating with federal so he's authority. Content. Cooperation. Right. So, like, all we know is those two things. I don't know what the deal is. What I want to know is what the deal is. Because, like, I want to know how much time... I want, I, <laughs> I want to know who he's, what he's saying about who. Like, I what know. time they're taking away from him so that he does, like, some time, but not all the time because he's dropping dime on shoddy. Like, I know it must be significant because one of the charges, he it's like carries a minimum of 47 years on one of those that he... You know, plead guilty to. Oh yeah. So I'm assuming it's a significant drop from 47 years, because uh, some of the stuff he's admitted to, he's saying that he admitted to like helping set up other gang member rivals and you yeah. know basically shooting at other people, helping or basically paying people to shoot at other people, especially the cheap heat situation. And he even admitted to selling a kilo of heroin in 2017. Yeah, there's like heroin and drugs, like uh, fentanyl and other shit was in it. I was like, what? <laughs> and I'm not saying that he didn't do those things, but I, I mean, I I find it hard to believe that he was, you know, selling a kilo of heroin. I just think it was kind of something that like, <laughs> yeah, you're going to take this charge or, you know, or this and this type of situation. He didn't see yeah. way out. Well, cause right now, like we're getting him, but there's like three or four specific other people involved. Like there's like so Shoddy, 
his charges, like, I don't know, like, because they're not really, like, this is just nine. There's other things lingering. Like, so this is just what he's pleading guilty to outright based on a plea deal. But he could face other charges still. And, yeah, I don't know. Takashi's not going to get out for a while, <laughs> basically. No. He definitely got Bobby Schmurter, like, when I was telling people, and people were like, oh, it's a hoax, or, oh, they just, I'm like, bro, this is the feds. They are going to use him as a complete example, even though I'm pretty sure they know that everything he was doing was basically a fraud and a scam, and, you know, to basically scam his way to yeah. attention and stuff. And when keeping it real goes wrong is keeping <laughs> it about as accurate as it can get with this fucking situation, because he... Said he got involved with them in the fall of 2017. It is now February 2019. So a little over a year. And he is now facing like serious federal prison time. <laughs> for real. Yeah. All for That's what? crazy. To promote some music. Fame. For fame. And fame and celebrity. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, that shit is crazy. That's not nothing to play with. This fool just gave away his whole life for, for one year to, run to be the best troll for one year run life. as a troll. Like, God. <laughs> so I mean, we don't know exactly the sentencing, but I'm, I think it's coming up in a month or so. But it no, does crazy. not look good. So I think Bobby Schmurter is supposed to get out in two years. Yeah, something like that. A year or two. He's almost out. I bet if Bobby Schmurter puts out a tape, they're going to have a, a 6 9 prison verse like they did with Bobby Schmurter. <laughs> I mean, album. so Bobby, I think there's going to be an initial. <laughs> That's fucked up to say because I'm talking about the one in jail and one out, but like, I could see that happening. Looks like people don't learn, bro. Like, for real. This is not. The road or the blueprint you want to follow. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, with Bobby, like, he's going to get out. And honestly, I think his, he's going to have that initial rush of, you know, people check, listen to his music because, you know, it's Bobby Smart and his whole story of prison and stuff. But I don't, I, really, I find it really hard that he's going to be able to maintain, you know, that attention. Uh, and I, think I don't know, really man. Good. Bobby Smart is. I feel like he was he was like to be like next Meek Mill kind of kid to me. Like I think they're he was gassing come up because Meek Mill could rap. Bobby was not like a lyricist. Yeah, he wasn't a lyricist, but he was energy and good and could rap. Not lyrics, but like he could rap and he had he had the wave. That shit is fire. Everything he did was fire. And and, and now I mean, he's basically out with alone like the whole crew that he basically started with is all in jail for 100 plus a year like 100 years yeah i think he took a longer bid to like take a couple years off of his homies bid like, yeah so he, he get was about one to of his like, friends out yeah at the same time yeah because they were supposed to get like 15 he was gonna get like five and it was like nah well, if i do like two or three more can they get theirs down so that's fine that's up. a stand-up guy a stand-up guy, though. Take not a situation I would ever want to be in. Not a situation that you, any of these artists should be trying to fucking 
follow and blueprint, but those years you cannot get back ever. And I'm yeah, pretty sure Takashi wishes he was not, you know, didn't do that he shit. He just lost the best years of his life. <laughs> like For a one year, basically for a one year run, he basically sold himself for a one year run and did not turn out so well. I mean, we don't know the exact story, but I, I don't see it turning out so well. I mean, he's been locked up for long enough to know that this ain't prey play. Like, I mean, I'm not and, checking for Takashi in 10 years. I don't know about you, but I know I'm not. <laughs> nah, I don't think I'm checking for Takashi in 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> so what I hate Unless about this he pleads situ- guilty again to something else. Like, that's it. <laughs> you know what I hate the most about the situations, though, is the TMZ reporting. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're trying to, they're getting all in it. Like, they're like, Oh, like getting as soon as the the documents go public. Oh, here's the court documents. To, uh, but, uh, you know, like they they're hot. Here's That's the headline: uh, uh, Takashi snitch on his whole crew, or some shit like that. Like, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand Click how bait, people, motherfucker. I don't understand how people in hip hop and like people in the culture, particularly hip hop culture, like fuck with TMZ. Like, I really don't because they really. I mean, they clickbait, but then they still get facts at times before. Yeah, everybody. but they clickbait and capitalize and eat off of basically the ignorant shit that you're doing. Yeah, but sometimes they're the first ones to report on it. And sometimes it's part of a bigger thing that other people are interested in. And the so way they get, that they report it, it's always the so way they the report most it negative way possible. It's crazy the way they report shit. It's crazy. Even if you give it to them, they're still going to put it out. Crazy. That's why I don't understand like their love for like TMZ. Because I just look at it and just like, I would want to oh, fucking, like, I would want to fuck up Harvey. What's his name? Harvey? Uh Oh, fuck. What is his name? Harvey, um. Something with the L. I can't remember. Yeah. Levin. Either way. You would have to get those hands. If I'm, if I was like doing that, and I was in the culture, like the way he's reporting on us, and like the culture and the people, and the way that the life that they put him in, the way they just like vultures and just capitalize off everything, it, it bro, it's. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why they're like in love with TMZ because they well, don't it's do crazy because they they became favors. they went from like purely a gossip site to like celebrity news and I don't know like that's still gossip like <laughs> like I don't know like that's still Bro, I just I hate TMZ just, I just hate that shit I'm not sure I hate it more than World Star TMZ at this point well probably TMZ cause World Star still puts out music videos and other shit so and they're not like they used they to be still, anyways, but still. Yeah, no, well, yeah, because, you know, their founder passed, so. I don't oh, know, no, that was Shade Room. Went to World, no, that was World Star. Oh, it was World Star. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, you guys let us know what you think about this whole Takashi situation, and if you're just over it, and, you know, this, you think this hurts his image of a test my how how's test my gangster tour went and everything and, and <laughs> uh, you know tell us what you think about TMZ's reporting on all these type of situations and if you think it's just the most vulturous 
fucking company that you can think of. But <laughs> yeah, uh, the the test mark exit tour definitely. He said he uh, he been on it, and uh, you know, the feds gave him an F. So <laughs> feds were like, "Oh, test your you you the gang. What gangster do you speak of? Tell us more." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you did what the who? Oh, bet. Please, please be a little bit. Yeah, that's gangster. Tell us more about your gangster. (laughs) The feds was wide open, like on the edge of their seats, like, yo, please. (laughs) Oh, Hmm. man, that's crazy. Don't fuck with, don't fuck around, dog. Like, breaking laws is not cool. I mean, shit. Drugs and guns, like, that doesn't make sense. Like that didn't. This fool was a music star, and then <laughs> all this shit in the background is crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. And he just got away from people hating him for that uh uh child thing lawsuit that he got charged with before. I mean, I don't think people, he got away from people hating him for it, but. Well, it stopped. It stopped from being uh, a block. Like that was he was like sort of blacklisted, and then people his buzz just got so hot, people started letting him into certain doors. Like he was still, you know, on his on his test my gangster tour. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> there were certain spots that he wasn't allowed to go to. That a year, like you know, like six months into it, they like started to let him come to. So, yeah. but now this. So. <laughs> the sad, 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 sad story. Yeah. Whether you like them or not, it's a sad story. And just unnecessary. This whole shit just feels unnecessary. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> but um, I don't know if you saw that BT is doing a like, 10 episode series. Uh, about you know the rise of Soul Train and particularly Don Cornelius. Oh really? Yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. And I think the executive producer is his son Tony Cornelius. Oh wow! So that's probably going to be really well done, or at least emotionally <laughs> driven. Yeah, they said they're going to focus on maybe some of the darker sides of his life or who he was behind the camera and stuff like that. Yeah, that's kind of weird, though. Which, I don't know how I always feel about those when they t- do that type of stuff. Because the guy's not, like, here to... Well, he's not here, themselves. but he also committed suicide. So he passed early by his own hand, I believe. Did he? I think so. Uh, um... Or maybe I'm confusing that. That I was Rodney King did I for sure. But let me see. Don I might have confused it with one. Let's see. I'm gonna look. Well, actually, you you are correct. Okay, he did commit suicide. He did commit suicide in 2012. So I flipped the gunshot wound to that end. Yeah. So that's why for me, I was like, well. Getting into the dark side of a guy who ended. They said he may have been suffering from early onset of dementia or Alzheimer's. Mm. 
and he had been suffering from seizures during the last 15 years of his life. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's the only reason I thought it was it felt weird for me is just because of how it went out, and then like them focusing on dark parts of his life. It's like, kind of feels. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, I, mean, I like the honesty. <laughs> show me the dark, but show me some happy too. I mean, I like the honesty and approach, you know, of these iconic figures' lives. You know, trying to get in all the nitty gritty, but at the same time, it's like they're not really here to defend themselves and say whether it's true or not. And it's kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Because everybody has their own perspective on situations and stories, you know? And especially yeah. coming from his, his son, like his son's going to view things very differently than maybe how they actually were, at, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I like it, but at the same time, it's you always got to take it with a grain of salt. And yeah, for sure. I mean, like this new, I don't know, this, I don't even know if it's new. That might, I don't know if you've seen, like, there's some Michael Jackson documentary that's been causing like, a that. lot of buzz. Yeah, I heard it um, premiered at one of the film, film festivals, like yeah. Sundance or some shit. Yeah. And caused a stir. I heard there was a standing ovation. I heard it, I heard there was um, proof. I don't know what proof means from word of mouth, but apparently there's undeniable proof that Michael is guilty of allegations that are rumored about him that he was found not guilty for in court. Right. So I don't mean undeniable proof. Apparently. That's what I've heard. Word on the street. Wasn't he in court? Four times already. Yeah, there was a whole. Yeah, he the second. Yeah, like there was the OJ trial, and then there was the MJ trial. Like those so are the, the two. So biggest. where was the undeniable proof in those trials? That's what I'm not understanding. I don't know. That's why I'm confused. That's why I'm really. Com- <laughs> I was really confused. Like, oh, didn't we go through this like four or five times already? Like, I'm not really For sure. Real. Man. And it was like eleven or twelve counts, like that they said not guilty for. To Michael, so like, I don't know. It's like retrying him in public, basically, while the guy. Yeah, for real. Like I, those type of stuff. I'm not really. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I feel about. But they said it was. They said it was good too. So that's. I don't know, man. This is. It's weird. It's weird. Can we cancel Michael? (laughs) You know that'll never happen. But what if what if it is undeniable? <laughs> By a documentary? Yeah. No. And uh, again, like I mean, are, without this R. Kelly, these are doc, stories would that we, these would are we like be canceling him as hard. These are accusations. Would RCA have dropped have R-, R. Kelly since, without this documentary? Since before R. Kelly. I know, but I'm saying with this doc, with, without the documentary, a lot of things wouldn't have happened. With what R. Happen. R. Kelly? Well, just with like these types of things, this is just an example of of what's happened since the documentary. I don't know because Michael Jackson was a very fucking public situation. Like it wasn't like yeah. something that people didn't know. Like this was something that. But that's what I'm saying. Always like R. Kelly was found not guilty with video evidence the first time. Okay, 
I'm not. I'm just, so that's just, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, we're, we're, what I'm saying is, there's a crime that they're both found not guilty for, that they haven't been retried for, that they're being canceled for. That is a detestable crime that we all look down on people who do those types of things on. You know, so like that's what I mean is if the documentary has some shit in it. Where everyone's like, oh my god, that is disgusting. Like, what? All these people? Like, what if it's crazy like that? Where there's testimonials, you see some shit that you never believed. Like, oh, they actually talked? Like, what if it's crazy and it's just like, well? I mean, I can't say. I I mean, you'd have to see the documentary. So I can't really say exactly what is in the documentary. But but you're saying we could, there's no way that, possible. That this is coming up again when I feel like it's been... Something that's been talked about for like twenty years with him. Yeah, I feel you. And it was like if, if those twenty years joke. worth of stuff wasn't enough to make you not listen to Michael Jackson music, I don't understand how this Bro. documentary all of a sudden is going to. There was this joke I heard about how Jacquees, because uh, of the king of R and B, was was out to get all the other kings so there wouldn't be any left. So it was like first it was R. Kelly and, and, and MJ, and then he's gonna go for Chris Breezy. I was like, damn, that would be fucked up. Chris better watch his back. Don't do nothing crazy, man. Yeah. Crazy times. So I don't know. Um, You'd have to, I, like I said, it's, I'd have to see the documentary and yeah, it's all about. But for me, about other people, it's like, okay, you knew about this for like almost 20 years. If that wasn't enough to get you to not listen to Michael Jackson music, then I don't see how this documentary would be the reason. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. But I mean, to the casual fans, the ones that like him because everybody else likes him. So just. I mean, he is the greatest pop star like ever to walk this planet so well there is a documentary I am looking forward to I don't know if you're going to bring it up or not but I don't know if you saw the trailer for it the killer bees see the Wu-Tang yeah oh yeah that's right it's a four-parter right yeah yeah I'm interested to see that. I want to see that. Yeah, that's I mean, a doc. I, I want to I see because the there's surviving people in it, like the the actual Wu Tang, is telling their story. So it's kind of cool. I mean, like I said last time, it's it's fucking incredible that after all this time, they are still as you know culturally seemingly relevant as they are considering musically I don't think they've had like huge hits or massive success in the past decade at mm-hmm. least maybe more you know <clears throat> yeah and when I say that I mean like definitely in their own you know terms and whatever but yeah of course it's Wu-Tang I watch it uh, 
what was next? So this the controversy continues with um <laughs> this whole Maroon Five and the Super Bowl and I think it's getting a little out of hand now, like <laughs> NFL <laughs> canceled, you know, the I guess traditional press conference they're supposed to do. <laughs> uh, you know, how artists do like the press conference during Super Bowl week. Apparently they canceled that. Um yeah. I didn't even honestly I was, I've never even seen a single one of those. So I didn't even know there was a press conference that the artist did, but apparently there is and apparently Yeah. Um people are upset that they canceled it or using it as a sign that they're trying to like hide the ban from the controversy. That's weird. That's hilarious. They're definitely trying to hide. Obvious. They're trying to hide from any kind of... Con- There's too much controversy. The NFL is hurting. <laughs> they just want everybody to watch. They're like, well, if we don't say anything, they're going to watch anyway. Um, they're going to watch. want to see <laughs> if their the questions get People are a thousand percent going to watch. I don't care what nobody says. They're going to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I don't care who wins the Super Bowl. I, I just want to see what happens. People there. are going to watch. <laughs> and honestly, it's probably going to be the most <laughs> mundane, safe, by-the-numbers halftime show that you can imagine at halftime. Like, I don't think there's going to even do anything special. Yeah. I, they're going to play it safe. I, I honestly think they're just going to play it safe. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah. If there was anything cool, it's definitely been toned down. <laughs> it's gonna be nice. It's just gonna be lights. They're gonna probably dim the lights, get the crowd singing along, let Adam croon a little bit. Travis gonna have a little spot, and then he's gonna hype man for thirty seconds, get off the stage. I mean, I don't it's expect real simple. Any, I don't expect any like big political. The statements from Maroon Five, like I don't want, I don't understand what people expect from Maroon Five. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't, I, I honestly don't understand like the controversy at this point. It's either you don't watch it, then you don't watch it, or if you do, like whatever. Like now it's just getting overblown. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's weird. Speaking of, like, Cardi B, I saw a headline of her and Nikki supposed to headline some BT experience concert. I haven't heard shit. of it. I haven't heard about it. I haven't seen anything. I think, uh, yeah, they announced, let me see, on Billboard. Let me see. Cardi B, Nicki Minaj to headline BT experience concerts at the 7th annual BT experience at LA Live. Held before, held days before the BT awards. Well, as much as much as BT likes to act huh. like they're above all that, uh, they absolutely love feeding into that drama just as much as any other network. <laughs> For real, that's so weird. They like totally just were like, "Yo, let's let's make a headline that is clickbait." Like, are we, we want our headliner to be clickbait. <laughs> well, I mean, Nikki that's could so use weird. the. The bump in attention again. Yeah, she just dropped a video. I saw it. It's a good song. Yeah. 
This is one of the better songs I've done. You see her jab at uh everybody saying her jab at Drake <laughs> in the video. There's a scorpion in the video that like gets like destroyed. <laughs> like I said, she needs the bump and attention, so you knew this was it wasn't a surprise to me. Yeah, I think she's still set to tour this summer. So I think this is like just to boost the strength. I mean, I don't know the official numbers on Queen, but I know in general people moved on pretty quickly from it musically. So I'm sure she's not happy about that. Oh, yeah, definitely. To see like Travis Scott doing the halftime show, I'm sure she's not happy about that. Uh, Not even for the fact that he's (laughs) doing the halftime show, but in terms of cap and all that, but in terms of that, he's still getting. You know, this headline attention and all this and stuff. And Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> well, Nikki. Nikki just. What I want from Nikki is just like a, a bar. It's like, I just want a rap, like mostly rap album, to be honest. Like, She's too worried about everything else. But she won't do that. I know. I want to like, if you're reading this from Nikki, like that kind of like surprise album. I just did some shit that I was feeling bars of. Nah. Except she, she thinks she is. She thinks she's there. like some giant super pop star. So she thinks she deserves the for everything to stop and just be eyes on her when she does come out and yeah. see how that. Well, she's working the album, so I don't know. There's money in it. The video was high production, so yeah. I mean. Sure, she's high production. We'll see what else comes of it. Like I said, people moved on really quickly from the album. I sure did. Yeah. I think the only song that might get play in my playlist on like Shuffle would be the Sway Lee song. She has good songs on there, but it all got overshadowed by her dumbass rollout. Where it was everything (laughs) else other than her music. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was Cardi B, it was Travis yeah. Scott, and it was like, all right, all you're doing is pumping Travis Queen Scott's numbers. Radio. Like, honestly. For real. Yeah. yeah. She should have used Queen Radio to just play every there song. There was no she ever music made. on Queen Radio. It, <laughs> it should have just been just all playing Nikki. Turn into TMC and gossip. Yeah, Dumbass rollout, like I said. It's wild. But somebody That's... who. Was smart about their rollout last year, and still is extremely smart about their rollout. Is Ariana Grande? Uh, oh and I don't my know if you see this, but <laughs> she is being sued for copyright infringement over imagery in her 2018 "God Is a Woman" music video by visual artist Vladimir Kush. Um, so, Kush oh. he is claiming that Grande's visual uses imagery similar to his own work. Um, that there's a scene, something with a candlelight. I don't remember exactly, but she's saying that he stole that mm-hmm. from that she basically stole the imagery ideas from his work, and that was produced oh, by. Oh, I know this artist. I hate that uh, guy. Freen Joy Incorporated, the same production company that also happened to produce Kendrick Lamar and Scissors, All the Stars, which I don't, I don't know if you remember. We talked about this too. That is another video, music video that got sued yeah. last year by Lena mm-hmm. Iris Victor 
for them using yeah. inspiration, you know, basically stealing her artwork and putting it in the video. That suit was eventually settled, mm-hmm. and yeah, so now this is going on with Fire and Grande. Weird. I would have to look at that. I want to look at that one because I don't know. This Vladimir Kush guy, I framed some of his shit before. I don't know, man. I get it, but I don't know. It's hard to say I mean, that. After you see, after you see somebody the, like um, Kendrick Lamar and SZA settle, don't you think? You know, it's kind of like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, as long as it looks exactly I mean, Google it. the same. Google, like, it, right, Google it right now. Exact. Vladimir Kush, Ariana Grande, and you'll see. It yeah. is, I'm not going to lie. It is very similar. Do I, do I, I don't know the, all the copyright rules, you know, and in terms of interpretations oh. and inspiration, like, I don't know, like, the exact rules about that, and, because, I mean, it is similar, but I don't know how specific, you know, it is, but there's definitely <laughs> similarities, so... I can see this one being settled too. You know, just Google Vladimir Kush, Ana Grande, and look in Google Images. It should pop up like the mm-hmm. first one. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, they're definitely. <laughs> Now I'm looking at that side by side. I'm like, okay. Almost exactly the same. Background, everything. And it just so happens to be the same production company that was basically stealing from the other artists for all the stars video. So there's precedence precedence Uh, there. So they're just too good at their job. They're like heavy play. They're just lazy. They're doing it. You can't do things exact. You can't just copy shit exactly the way some dope shit looks. Like, oh, that's super dope. Let's do it exactly like that. Like, the fuck? That's crazy. That does low-key look exactly like that. Like, let's recreate this. But. Like I said, I don't know the copyright. I don't know. They'll have to settle. They'll probably settle. Like I said, I don't know the full copyright rules and everything surrounding stuff like that. And using art as inspiration for music Well, it gets murky because they're. Yeah, it gets murky because, yeah, they're different mediums. Like hers is, and I don't know like how you measure like sales from a music video. You know. Yeah, it's very complicated because you essentially usually it's like what percentage is plagiarized and in this case if you were like to say a hundred percent of it is but it's only this percent five seconds of the actual actual thing then so like that five seconds would have to be a breakdown of how much whatever percent that is of the song is like how much percent of what they would get per you know stream or whatever that would that would have that would be the only way they could actually Break it down. For a music video? Because I'm not really sure how you show like direct like... revenue from a music video. You know? <clears throat> yeah. 
I mean, well, like, you could you could only really do it through the streaming services. It would have to be based on just the the analytics per video. But I don't know. I don't know how you could do that because it extends, and YouTube doesn't give you all the analytics for like sharing and shit. Like when it goes to social media platforms and stuff like that, because those views don't count the same on the main video. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's Either. Real complicated, that type of situation, but again, they settled already, so I'm assuming they're probably going to settle again, and and it's not, and, and it's the second time with this production company, so something's going on where it's like, alright, yeah, y'all are just... That's crazy. Straight up just jacking Well, what's wild is now. that they're like... They work for, like, these major artists, too, so it's like, it's happening... With, like, really creative, like, really good artists that everyone likes. And then their production Massive artists. So, like, it makes the I'm artists... I'm sure if they did it for, like, lesser-known people, it wouldn't have been a problem. But the fact that it's fucking Ariana Grande and... Kendrick oh, no, Mark, they do so it all the time. I, I have friends. Notice. I have I know people who it's happened to, and they just, like, don't know what to do. I'm just like, oh, that's my shit. So, hey, they better, hey, they better start, you know... Start getting them lawsuits ready because they out here settling. For real. For real. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into these cases. I want to see if there's any public issued documents at all. Well, it didn't say anything specifically about that last one. It all said was they settled. So I'm assuming they're trying to keep that as private as they can, you know. Keep it close to the chest. I feel you. Well, that's interesting. If I'm an artist, I'm checking anything that that production company produces. (laughs) Right? We need to just go through every video. All artists. Because they are just jacking. Find this production company. That's crazy. Now I want to know um, who it is. Last thing, I don't know if you've kept up with this whole Tory Lanez situation and Toy versus Toy everybody. everybody? <laughs> oh my god, this shit is out of hand. It's I mean, hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious. Tori said he's done with the little ones. When it was ones, with though. Jay, when it was with Jordan <laughs> Lucas, you know, it was unexpected. It was good for, you know, the culture yeah. and just to see that friendly type of competition come back into it, you know. Yeah, it was fun. But it was now, cool. this, now it's kind of like, it. all right, well, like, I'm not really trying to hear you. I don't rap like every artist out there. Not for real. But I don't think Tori really wants to battle every artist out there either. <laughs> I mean, that's what's so hilarious. Invite, he said like, anybody from anybody. Yeah, he did, but my, my son responded with the track. He's not going to be heard from fucking JR Writer. Yeah, JR Writer. Yeah, Tory Lanez just is googling at some kid named Little Little Windex. Like, bro, it's like, come on, bro. Even the Don Q shit was just corny. Oh my god. Oh yeah, Don Q shit, and that's what the worst thing was, is because Tory shit like ended it quickly. You just like finished it, and I was like, damn, why are y'all making Tory look so good? I mean, but you know, like Don Q, like that's like, like some of his biggest promotions. So he's gonna obviously go back. And it's like, I don't want to hear this anymore. No, Don Q did it for that. Yeah. 
Don Q did it to get promo. That's why I put it out. And I get Tori shot a promo himself too at the same time, but it's like I'm really not trying to keep hearing Dream Doll yeah. got him Dream Doll got involved. But that's in why it. he called out like, Dreamville. Dog. He called out Dreamville. Yeah. That's all right. It's that's like, the hey, only one coming I for your head. I'll take out all dream. Is JID saying that he? I want to see Jid. Yeah, he said that he's going to have something. I mean, that's the only one I kind of want to see. Like J Cole is definitely not going to hop in that, but J Cole's not doing that shit. It's good for the culture, I guess. Like especially initially, but now it's like, all right, bro. Did you hear no. the Dream Doll this? No. Oh my god. Dream doll. <laughs> so this is the problem. Cause she came quick with a verse and I didn't expect her to come in. Cause like so Tory Lanez dropped her name um in his response to um Don Q. And basically she came back and kinda smacked that nigga like Low key, I like her song better than Don Key. But his like decision I don't like about that is <laughs> as like, a distatory. Right, like, clearly, y'all, you know, got sexual relations. And it's like, all right, yep. I'm not really trying to hear all the shit y'all was doing behind you know closed doors in your disses because that's basically where it's always gonna go. Like that's the biggest thing you're gonna say. Yeah, whether it's true or not, you can just say some shit. Like you know. <laughs> Right, and it's like, all right, not really trying to hear yeah. this, and not trying to continue hearing these, yeah, these types of stuff. So I don't know. And Tori, if he's smart, for sure won't go back at Dream Doll because it's a lose lose situation. Oh, that would be the worst position. You can't no, because she only did it because you used her. A, you used a woman. Yeah, I mean, initially it was corny. In the beat. Initially, it's corny. She said something. Even. I hate when dudes to do that, like bring it, bring up a girl in a situation between like two people, and it's like, all right, bro, like, yeah, grown ass people, like, yeah. oh, I hope you did. I heard you did yeah, something like, with so and so. Oh yeah, I, I, I knew her that. five years yeah. before. Like, all right, okay, cool, bro. Like, I'm not like, what the fuck, like, this yeah. is now. Like, I don't know. He's he's just super. Cool. At, at times, like the game. At times, the he's game. Very super corny to me. What about the game? You've seen that, that right now, right? Bro. I saw the headline. The I'm like, bro, I'm not even clicking. Like, that's just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I couldn't even believe like, it. Why, I was like, bro? why is this a thing? I was just like, why is this a thing? Like, like why? Other than you trying to get your name out there again, like, why? Yeah, it was who cares in, in you're game. Too old, you're way too old for that shit, bro. Like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> come on, bro. I don't know. I I hate when dudes do that shit. So, uh, <laughs> nah, I passed on that. I definitely passed on the dream doll mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, and she got kids now too. She married with kids. It's just like... weak. That shit was weak. That's I don't even, I even hear the diss. I don't need to hear it. It's just weak. And is especially when it's supposed oh, to be like when your man you know, to... produce songs with you, you did songs with, and it's supposed to be y'all supposed to be cool like type of yeah. shit that. I think he even said it in the bar. I feel like it was like Kanye, <laughs> but I used to like I don't know. It was some gross shit. It's just I'm some even, straight yeah. trying to I thought it was corny. chasing type shit, bro. Like I'm glad to see it didn't really go anywhere because I'm not really trying to hear none of that shit, bro. But yeah, I'm just kind of. I mean, it's cool that Tory's Tory Lanez out of all people is the one that's kind of putting competitiveness back into hip hop. You know, 
But also, I'm not trying to hear Tory Lanez versus like 20 artists. Yeah. For real. Not for real. I just want to hear. Honestly, I don't want to hear Tory rap anymore. I want the yeah do more that to come out. Even though when in the disses he does sound a lot, he still sounds so much like so many other artists. Oh yeah, no, he's a chameleon. He does he doesn't have his own form. Every time you see him out, he's he's like. I don't know, like taking on the attributes of of the the other artists that would sound great right here. I just think like <laughs> he can't like not do it. Like he hears the type of beat, like he can't not yeah. do it. Yeah, no, it was weird because like I thought it was cool that he used the like, like freestyle Drake beat verse. on that, but he he just sounded exactly like Drake the whole time. He just it was doing the same exact inflection. To like, oh yeah, remember when Drake did this? Oh, I, I flipped the line and made it slick, and it sounded just like when Drake did that. Like, nah, it's, it, don't do that. That's <laughs> like, who are you? What's he your has, sound? Doesn't have his own sound. He he doesn't. <laughs> his sound is the singing. The Lydia, the sing, the sing, even... yelling. Like if Meek Mill could harmonize. That's that's totally but even the sound the singing sounds like when Drake sings, so it's kind of like, eh. yeah, I guess so. It's <laughs> yeah, and it would probably the song would go crazy probably if Drake did it. He should write for Drake. He might make more right. money. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just uh, hopefully. It, it doesn't continue for too much longer. Maybe we get like JRD, and then that's it. Like, let's end it, bro. Like, I, I, I'm sure you got an album yeah, coming out soon. That, I'm sure this is why you're doing last... it or whatever. So, yeah, for real. But that is all for you know some of the music news that happened over the last week or so. So I just want to hop and talk about some albums that we didn't really get to talk about in depth on our last podcast, which we did the top 25 albums of 2018, which you should definitely check out. Um, so recently, there are a few albums. Future, James Blake, uh, Maggie Rogers, Eminem's new artist, Boogie, and Toro Imoy. So those are the ones I really want to talk about. Oh, okay. So let's talk about future. Oh yeah, yeah. Future, future Hendrick presents the wizard. wizard. Well, see, because it's been out for a while now. Now I got to think about it. When it first, when I first listened to it, I got to think about my first listen to a little bit. Um, I didn't have super high expectations to be honest. Cause um, it's future. I didn't know if he was just gonna give me a project with a bunch of just like what he's feeling at the time, <laughs> or if it's like an album album. But um, yeah. I mean, I kind of left the project thinking it was like a good future project. Like he didn't disappoint, but he didn't give me a single that would like take me through yeah. to the summer. But there's some good songs. There's some really good songs that I'm gonna keep playing. 
like um I think my favorite f- couple are like Promise You That mm-hmm. is probably the best produced song on the album. And then I love Call the Corner and uh Unicorn Perp because of the way Young Thug and Gunna go back and forth at the end. I love that. Serving Killer Cam for you yeah, that one's dope too. I didn't really care for his, his lead singles, uh, Crushed Up. Pretty generic on future songs. Yeah. So, once I got past like the first five songs and now, <laughs> five or six, then I was like, oh, we're turning up. <laughs> so then I got to F and N, and it turned up. It's like, oh shit. I mean,. For me, but, I already have my full reaction, so you guys can definitely see that on the website and on YouTube, wherever. But, um, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, this is definitely his best studio project in, I don't know how many tries, because his studio albums typically are far uh, weaker than just kind of his freelance mixtape stuff. And I feel like... yeah. I mean, Hendrix, I liked. Was that Mask Off? No, yeah, like the future in Hendrix. Yeah, uh, uh, the two tapes. I mean, there were moments. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were moments, yeah. but overall, yeah. I don't think overall it was fantastic. But, I mean, there were some great moments for sure. Um, yeah. I just think he's always struggled with, like, actual studio stuff when he really tries to sit down and... and Think about what he's doing, and mm-hmm. I was a bit disappointed because he did have like that whole documentary called "The Wizard," leading up to this, like before this, where it gave you like the deepest look into Future and like his personal life and just who he actually is than like mm-hmm. ever before because he doesn't really do like a ton of interviews and stuff like that. Um. Yeah. So you, I kind of was expecting to see more of that personal, introspective side of him. Yeah, he did a million interviews coming into this one, but we did not get that. He mm-hmm. definitely was just straight future mode, which is just talk about drugs yeah. and you know, and just debauchery and hedonism to the utmost. And basically, he only has that. Could have called a dirty spy three. Like, that's just, like, his lane, and he, what was that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I said he could, he, he could have just called it Dirty Spite 3. Yeah, I mean, he basically just, see, he, he just stuck to his comfort zone and did all that. And it's kind of disappointing when you do a whole documentary and it appears like you're going to do, like, a different kind of rollout, different kind of album, and then you get this, and it's just kind of like, oh, it's just more future. But, I mean, it's good future, but it's just more future. And, I mean, the best part for me is definitely, like, the producers, which he always seems to get the best out of producers. And, I I mean, like I said, my Rex, I think that he may have found something with Tay Keith where, like, that can kind of be, like, one of his main producers. Those were the best songs. You know, to carry his, like, this next wave of his career. There's two? Because uh, my favorite one, like I said, the Promise You That, that's the Take Keith. And what's the other one? I don't remember that one, but 
he had a, he had at least a corner, few on here, man. and he and he and he gave him some shit and killed it. Producers seem to really like to work with Future, and the Future because he does a good job of like bringing out the mood of a of a beat, you know, like the feeling of mm-hmm. a beat, even though maybe not saying the most you know important shit, but he does a good job of like bringing out the feeling and the mood of a song and I think that like he might have found like his next producer for like his next little run here with Take Eat and stuff like that Cause, like he did with Metro and like he did with um, yeah. uh, Mike Will and all them so I mean yeah, South it was Side, good John yeah. yeah it was good it was good it was just more future yeah it's not like amazing he didn't like he didn't hit that out of the park but he definitely did no. what he was supposed to do. It's not a letdown, but it's not extraordinary. Like, like I said, I'm. I mean, I'm. It's not gonna be one of my favorite projects. And I'll probably move on from it pretty quickly. But it 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 gave me a few songs here and there. That's uh, yeah. Yeah, you guys go check out the songs we mentioned. Tell us what you think of those songs, or just listen to the whole album. Tell us what you think about the album. Hendrix, or Future now, Hendrix some, presents yeah. the Wizard. <laughs> Future Hendrix presents the Wizard. So now somebody that you uh, said was already album of the year. Oh, one of the contender. One of yeah, album of the year contender already. I'll James already. Blake assume form. Assume form. James Blake killed this shit. Killed it. It's definitely it's a it's just it's an excellent project to me. Like honestly, I listen to it. There's maybe like three tracks that are like not in the excellent realm, so they're just good songs, which is like hard to like hold against somebody when you make a good song. It's just it looks bad in comparison to how good all the other shit is. Um, my favorite songs off the projects would have to be Mile High. Uh, you got... It's the best Metro Boomin song in a long time. Yeah. I was shocked. I was like, wow. James Blake got, like, excellent Metro Boomin shit. Like, they really sat together and, and did some shit with that. Um, Barefoot in the Park is an amazing song. I love that song. Um, Don't Miss It. I think I feel like that was a single because I had that song. I was listening to that song for a while, and I didn't even know it was gonna be on this album. So when it came out, I was actually um, glad it was on this project. And that's probably the song for me that holds his old sound the most. Um, it's closest to the other projects, other albums. Would be like the "Don't Miss It" song. But um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Um, I don't think James Blake has ever put out a bad project, and I like artists like him because he definitely has his own lane. Like in my reaction, again, I have my full reaction on the website, YouTube, wherever you want to watch it. But I said once again that his sound is basically indescribable. Like it's just James Blake music, and it's just like mm-hmm. the only guy I can 
maybe compare bon sound wise to them is like Bonnie Bear. Yeah. And like recently. And the way they manipulate sound and the way know they what's crazy? Way like they compose their music. Uh James Blake was the only I think he was like the only white dude on the Black Panther soundtrack. Quite possibly. And then but then what's crazy is then I looked at the Creed soundtrack and it was Bonnie Bear. But it was like that similar sound, but then it was mixed in with a bunch of like hip hop and rappers and stuff. So I thought that was interesting that hip hop's really taken to this kind of sound too, because like He's collabing with Metro, so like they're inviting it in too, and it's it's actually pretty pretty fucking tight. Yeah, I mean James Blake has always had a pretty strong relationship with hip hop, though, even back to his first album. Yeah, for sure. His guest features, you know, definitely. Um, what was I saying? I was saying like the only guy I can ever really compare him to is Bonnie Bear, specifically Bonnie Bear's like more recent stuff in the way that mm-hmm. they distort stuff and bring in elements and take out elements and this way they compose their music like it's just completely wholly different than almost anybody else out there so it's yeah it's crazy it's really hard to describe to people because it's something that you kind of just have to hear because he does things that you wouldn't really expect to work but they do yeah he does it like this weird distortion sounds and like digital synthesizer noise but then it's like really harmonic and like i don't know it's crazy (laughs) yeah like in one second you could be listening to something and then it can break down and then feel wholly different than like what you just listened to like two seconds ago Mm -hmm. and it just brings like a whole new feel and emotion to a song so he's really good at stuff like that and like i said i don't think he's ever really put out a bad project and this again is a very good project and you know the fact that he was able to get like a hundred three thousand verse i think says a lot to him as an artist and how the way people respect mm. him and stuff like that. Yeah. And again, like the Metro Boomin song, Tell Them is okay, but Hot Mile High is definitely Metro Boomin's best song in like a really long time. And mm. I don't know, it was it was it was very enjoyable. Like Mile High, Barefoot in the Park, Where's the Catch for me, Power On. Are um, You in Love is tight too. Yeah, can't can't believe the way we flow. Like I really like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, but at the same time, I think that it is also his most traditional sounding project. Oh, yeah. It doesn't sound it weird most as much. It was the most predictable sounding of his songs that I can ever really remember him producing. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that helps definitely like accessibility. Because I felt like I heard and saw way more people talking about this album than you. I think you would generally get from James Blake. You like he would get people that were in the know, like music heads talking about him, but yeah, not like just general people talking about <clears throat> this project. So right again, like, but I think he did a good job of balancing it, where it wasn't like full blown, like just a traditional like song, but it was definitely had the most traditional elements out of anything he's done before. I think. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. It 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 definitely didn't seem like he was um reaching too far out of his comfort zone. Um it seemed like he kind of refined some things and in previous projects where things seemed a little bit more expanded and like left a little bit more open. I I don't think he like took it all the way there. Like I think he 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 like gave us something very precise with this. 
which I really like, I appreciate it. I feel like on this last album, I felt like there was stuff that maybe I didn't pick up on when I first heard it, but mm-hmm. after coming revisiting it like months later, maybe seeing the video for it like months later, I felt like wholly different about it than I did when I first listened to it, you know? Yeah. And I don't think I'm going to have necessarily well, I don't the know. same moment. I feel like Where's the Catch and maybe a couple other songs on here might, might feel that way for me mm, later not on. Not for me. Because, like, a song like If the Car Beside You Moves Ahead, I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that one felt very different for me. Yeah. Coming to it much later than when I first heard it. I could see that. Yeah. He didn't do anything structurally. Well, that's, again, with this production, sort of, like, who he's getting his producing handled from. But, like, I don't know too much about that sound and who was producing those songs. I didn't actually look at the credits back then and stuff, so. So, I mean, again, great album, brilliant artist, as always. Just, you know, I don't, like I said, I think it's his most accessible project to date, and I think that's good for him, for sure. Mm. But I just don't find myself, I don't think I'm going to find myself coming back to it months later and finding something different about, like, a song than I did when I first heard, like, I usually do with his projects. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I do think this is like his like I'm here album though. Like I'm one of the guys. Yeah, I mean like I'm one of people those. who know music and musicians particularly, I've always loved James Blake, but I don't think the general public has always known about James Blake. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think this is a good album for new fans to get into his old stuff, too. Definitely. So. Um, But speaking of, you know, we kind of already had this discussion, but not fully. The guy that Mm -hmm. I really liked, like, project-wise and moment-wise, was Toro Imoy. Moi or moi. I think it's Tori Moi. I think I've heard him say it every Tori Moi. Mm. Outer Peace. So, I'll go sorry, this one. Um, yeah. Kind of similar in the way that they do things differently and that every project feels very different from like his previous project and he's always, always like experimenting and changing his sound and changing, you know, different approaches and whatever. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I first got on him, it was like only back in maybe like 2010, 2011, mm. when he was like one of the pioneers of like the whole chill wave movement. Mm. And then like his last few projects, they were definitely more like pop and like synth pop. And like, and now this has like a decided like trap feel to it. Yeah, it's interesting. On a lot of the songs. Um, I just thought this was again like a fucking brilliant project, like because I think he. It's a weird project because the trap for me came later, like like it comes after you're listening, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's surprising moments. Like New House was definitely like feels like a. He was definitely influenced by this new wave of. I fucking love that song too. That's one of my favorite songs. Definitely. He was definitely influenced by like mobile rap and like that new wave on so many songs like New House for sure. Yeah. Um 
and 50-50. And, but then you get songs like Freelance, which is like super bubbly, mm-hmm. electronic pop. And, and then you get like Who I Am, which is, again, like this huge feel-good dance electronic song. Like, yeah. So it's just like it's a mix of everything. But the way he incorporates it all together, like there's some fucking great moments on here that I think have already produced some of my favorite songs of this year mm. already. Yeah, there's some dope sounds. Like some stuff that Toro Moy is utilizing. I haven't yet heard James Blake <laughs> utilize, like the, sort of like the funk aspects of like early 80s yeah, he's always synthesizer. got this retro feel to him. Yeah. He's always had a retro type of feel to him. <clears throat> so I actually appreciated that um, sprinkled in there with some of these newer um, influences. What? Yeah. So I thought that was pretty dope. I, I really... Um, I was really into like the slower ones, not so much the dance ones, but then when I found myself like doing something... Then the dance ones felt really, really good. Because you could just play them. It's not like dance, like house dance. It's just like, it's like fun bop. Like it's like a feel, good yeah, sound. feel good bop. Yeah, feel good. So they were actually, like it's very cohesive, even though it, it seems to like change your motion, you know. Like Baby Drive It Down. Yeah. Has like the island vibes to it. Mm-hmm. But like in his very tour in way and... That song is fucking good, man. Yeah. No, that song's a vibe. I like that vibe. That one's just like... So that's what's interesting, too. The The thing for me that was trying to, like... I was like... The problem was I was comparing it on my first listen. And then on my second listen, I was just, like, trying to just, like, hear the sounds and stuff. And my my first gripes I got over because I wasn't looking for it and and originally it was just sort of the um vocal range from him specifically but then i realized that's not what i'm here for he's if there's gonna be like crazy vocal range he'll put it there and it doesn't have to be him but like i liked what i like the lyrics i like how he delivers his his lyrics in terms of singing. Um, but I, I really appreciate that, like, Abra feature on Miss Me. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Um, so, like, when that came in, I was like, ooh, this is, this is, this is nice. Like, I don't know. It was a great project. I was I'm glad you pointed it out because it wasn't on my list originally, but it was dope. He's always on my list, whether or not, like, I've always loved his past projects because, like, his, Last few haven't necessarily been my favorite ones of his, and That's why I wasn't they've checking. had their moments. There's too much. They've always had their moments. Too but he's much. Just one of those. He's one of those I always have to check for because he always comes with some interesting shit, and I think this is definitely one of his better projects. And wow. Yeah. No, it's solid and for sure. There's some real fucking moments here, like New House and Baby Driver Down. They're just like phenomenal songs to me. Well, yeah, those three songs in a row miss me into New House, into Baby Drive It Down. It's like really tight. I like I like sequencing. That's a that's a thing too with me and albums is how artists sequence things, because that that also hurt 
uh, Futures Project. Because it began and ended, like, too soft. And all the, all the like, dope shit was, like, sprinkled in the middle. Yeah, Future don't, don't do sequencing, bro. Future <laughs> <laughs> just throws it wherever, wherever they come is where they go, bro. Real. Like, all his singles were, like, in the front. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. It was weird. So, like, sequencing to me is, is, is key. And that's why when I was listening to the James Blake, the only song that I heard before it came later in the album, which I also appreciated. So, yeah, sequencing is key for me. And I like how Tori Moy had their sequencing. So, it's a dope project. Check it out, y'all. Definitely check that one out. So, somebody who... You said you didn't know, but... Who basically became a viral success after there was a video of Pharrell Williams uh, listening to one of her songs in like her music music college and like basically falling in love with it and gushing over it and blah 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 and like after that she kind of became like the darling overnight and like she had done of label offers and people had just been really waiting for her debut project so much so that she actually had. A Saturday Night Live performance, like months before this album even came out, which is something that doesn't really happen. Um, and I'm speaking about Maggie Rogers and her debut project, Heard It in a Past Life. I'm not sure if you got around to hearing this one. Not, not yet, no. I don't know anything about her. I remember speaking right, about... Well, the uh, Pharrell thing, but I didn't get a chance to hear the project. So, well, initially the song that got him like gushing about it was called Alaska. So, if oh, it was okay. one thing to really check out, that probably be the one. And I felt pretty much the same way. Like she combined like electronic and dance and folk in like a way that I never really remember hearing before. And it was so, so unique that it was like you wanted to hear more from her. You wanted to hear what you know what else she could do. Like she clearly has like a vision and a, a vision and like a style that's different than what you would expect from like mm. an artist, like a pop artist. But right. But with the debut, uh, I was a bit disappointed that she kind of went the more traditional route. Oh yeah. Like, it wasn't as experimental mm-hmm. and as folky as that song was. Like, so much so that that song actually stands out pretty starkly compared to the rest of the track list because hmm. it's so different than anything you really heard. And the rest of the album is pretty traditional yeah. new wave pop and even hmm. some elements of R&B and stuff that I didn't really expect her to go down, but she did. But, like, she's good. Like, they, they're good songs. Like, she's still, like, a really good artist. She's got a great voice. Um, there's almost, like, a Haim. I, I don't know if you know the indie rock band, uh, Haim. Like, quality to, like, oh, yeah. her songs. Um, super positive. Mm-hmm. You know, like, feel-good type music. And it's like... Yeah. Very good stuff, but coming to it after hearing like Alaskan kind of expecting that type of direction mm-hmm. kind of like dulled the project to me a little bit because I think mm. that was some of her most interesting stuff. 
Well, that's no good. I would have liked to see her like really delve into that more. I'm about to check out Alaska for sure, but but good project nonetheless. Like there's still some really really good moments on here. Like Light On is great, and like On and Off is great. Like some really really good stuff here. So it's definitely something that she can definitely build off of. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's what's up. I feel like. I don't know if it's if this was necessarily her decision to go in this direction or, you know, kind of a label getting involved and being like, hey, we're going to try to make you a star. Like, you should do this, this, this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of kind of sticking to her guns of being different. And that's the reason why she got so popular in the first place. Was yeah. That it was so different, you know? Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to have to watch her other stuff, too, because looks like she has a little tiny desk concert. A year ago, she did something. Oh, she's she's definitely been on a run ever since that Pharrell stuff. Like, she blew up overnight, bro. Yeah. That's what's up. Huh. But, yeah. I mean, watch her videos, too, because she definitely has, like, a certain visual style that pairs really well with some of her songs. Oh, okay. So, I think she's, like, a complete artist. It's just, I think this might have been the result of... A little bit of overproduction and aiming for like mm-hmm. specific sounds, which would to me screams label input, you know, definitely label, which can always ruin uh, artists like vision and artistic, you know, voice, right? <clears throat> but it's good, okay. definitely one that you should check out. Why? Last time I want to talk about is, um. Boogie, everything's for self. I'm not sure if you got to hear that one yet. Yeah, I got to that one. So now I got to get to my rap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually, I forgot about Boogie, man. <laughs> Boogie, man. I forgot about Boogie. I never knew Boogie as an artist. I knew about him. He kind of popped his head in and out of the industry. Like I know he had some songs few years like years ago it was kind of weird because he's like i don't know regardless of that i um went into the project a little bit wary i was like ah is this gonna just be some like you know some like hood rap like what is he gonna be is this gonna be saying anything because there's like you know million rappers out listen to it and this whole project is like extremely introspective and like storytelling like um so i was actually pretty surprised to hear the whole project and he actually put together something pretty good um surprising for me just like opened my eyes like oh this dude i'm gonna have to watch for him like he's he's somebody to to keep in the in my mind, because, like, he's even got some pretty dope features. I realized that um, Eminem signed him, apparently. So, he signed to him. Yeah. I mean, that's why I kind of, that's why he positive on my radar. Yep. Um, I will say Eminem almost ruined Rainy Days, which was one of my favorite songs. <laughs> like, it, there's just, like, he has, just the way he says things sometimes, it's, it's hard to, like, want to hear it over and over again. Because it, it takes you out of the music, and you just, like, hear that, like, awkward thing he said. And you're like, I don't want to, like, stick on that awkward part. But, 
other than that, it's a pretty solid project. Yeah, uh, so for me, I didn't really know Boogie uh, too much. I kind of heard the name, but I don't even really remember where. But So he popped him on the radar because he was signed to Eminem. And mm-hmm. I said, I know, okay, I'll check it out. Um, and I like, and I saw his actual, actually, actually I saw the music video um, for Self-Destruction. And I was really interested after that. Oh, yeah. Because I thought that was like a really interesting music video. And I think the sound was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the rest of the album sounds nothing like Self-Destruction. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, like there's none of that really. Which I was kind of looking for. At first, somber, like I again, I have a full reaction to this, but it is a very somber and like melancholic album throughout mm-hmm. the entirety of the project, and there are very few bright spots. For real, self destruction is like the one real kind of interesting and energetic bright spot of the whole album. Mm-hmm. And being that was my real first introduction to him, I was kind of hoping to see a bit more of that side of him. Yeah. Um, because I think he has great energy in that song. But either way, I came to this because of Eminem. But I was very, very wary heading into the album. Because Eminem has a horrible <laughs> track record with artists. <laughs> yes, um, he does. For real. Either they don't come out at all. Or it never comes out the way that it should. Slaughterhouse, for example. Um, right. So I was a bit surprised that he even got out because, you know, especially West Coast artist who doesn't yeah. have a huge following right now, like to have his debut already out is kind of amazing. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I just remember back to, you know, the Cassius days and stuff like that, you know? Uh, yeah, man. I don't know, man. I was scared. Once I heard the Eminem, it's just like, it sounds so bad. Just, But, I mean, again, I said some reaction, but. My biggest takeaway was that it didn't sound like a shady product. Like, no, I was it didn't shocked. It really sound like Eminem had any real input or say in the direction that he went with his music or his sound. It felt very much, you know, true to his voice and what he wanted to do. I was confused. Do. It felt like he had the project finished and got signed off of that project. Yeah, it felt like uh, like when Kendrick Lamar signed with Interscope, he basically already had a project. Mm-hmm. didn't really have too much uh, more direction he needed maybe got like one Dre beat here and there you know Yeah. but it was pretty much done like this is who I am this is what I was going to do anyways right. and that's what it really felt like Like, so it didn't really feel like a shady product because yeah. there wasn't like any reach for a big hit or yeah there's no radio single any, or no different side of playing like a different genre or like no no pop, uh, female pop, uh, vocal, like any yeah, of that. Like, no so female like, pop. Nah, it doesn't really feel like Eminem at all. Like, it's a club if song. Wasn't on the on the guest feature, like I wouldn't have even thought like he had was even with him at all. But right, this was a good thing because you got to see the artist as the artist wanted to be seen. Mm. And like I said, it was a bit it was a bit too somber for me and a bit too melancholic. Um, yeah. But it was still, like you said, it was still a very solid project, and he has something to say, and like the things he say kind of have weight to them, and and he has style, like he he's not a boring 
so, some of the production got a bit boring to me, but the rapping and the way he, his delivery and flow and stuff mm-hmm. were not like that's opposite. Like they weren't boring at all. So I will, yo. To be honest, though, I don't know. I'm gonna have to ask you because <laughs> you actually this is a good question. Um. So Boogie, this project, do you think this is as good as Oxnard from Anderson uh, Pack? It's hard to say because they're two completely different styles. I know, but they both they both got a similar tone of voice and they got bars. No, I don't think it's as good as Oxnard. Okay. Okay. Um Like I said, it's too a little bit too one note for me. Like honestly, when I heard this album, I thought about like Saba care for me. Ah, okay. It was kind of in that gray kinda. tone pretty much throughout the whole project. Mm. But with Saba care for me, it was for a very specific reason and a very specific story he wanted to tell. Yeah. So it was all like everything was all done in the favor of telling that very insular singular story, you know? Right. Whereas this one just feels gray for the purpose of just being in that great tone, you know? Mm. So, like I said, some distraction was on a few bright spots, and it was definitely one of the better spots because you kind of got a break from that, even though it was all the way at the end of the album. Right. I just really wish he got a bit more of that because I think he did... Uh, like, I like when he did that song, I was like, he's definitely a much more entertaining artist than you kind of get from him. From the song Yeah, before. with this project, you don't really get how, like, funny or, like, you know, yeah, it's just all use. serious all the time, and it's like okay, like that's cool, but as a debut, kind of want to show a bit more into like mm. this. Feels like this would be like a mixtape, basically, or like one of his previous albums, you know? Yeah, but it was good. It was just it was good. It was definitely one of the better Eminem projects in a, a long time. Shady, shady projects in a really long time. Yeah, and. I can see the potential there. Definitely. I just hope that he learns how to balance like those two different approaches to music. Like I think Kendrick, just Kendrick figured out how to do it. You know, mm-hmm. still deliver the content and like the seriousness, but still can have some fun. You know. Yeah. And yeah, but Kendrick Cole is learned how to do that KOD. Those niggas are different. They have they have nah because this really felt like a TDE album. Honestly, I mean, but their stuff that wasn't albums is is better than this album like you said Friday Night Lights from J. Cole and like OD or Section 80 I mean I'm not saying they are exactly Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole but I'm just saying they don't have that potential everybody doesn't have that much potential we gotta stop playing Section 80 Section 80 was what six albums in six projects in like he didn't start out like that and this feels like a Kendrick Lamar EP like it feels like the Kendrick Lamar EP where it was it feels like a TDE type of project, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Like actually. an early, early artist. Like artists is early TDE yeah. type of project. Like, you know, like kind of like Reason was. Like, you know. Yes. Yeah. This is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. I see you. Yeah. It feels exactly like an early art, like an artist on TDE's like early, early projects. Mm-hmm. Where they kind of don't, like they want, they know they need to be a bit more serious and like they have all this stuff to say right. but they don't necessarily know how to make the most interesting music while still saying that at the same time right now yeah. but I think he can figure it out 
But this definitely feels like one of those early stepping stones type of projects. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, I wouldn't have made this my debut. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like that. Yeah, okay. I see that. Yeah. I like that comparison, too, to, like, early 2D. Because now that you say that, like, with Reason and how Reason's been handled. Yes. Uh, how Reason came out, just yeah. like that. Like, yeah, that was an like album that. that Reason already had. Yeah. Yeah, off of, like, uh, YouTube beats and shit, so. And, and it sounds crazy. It out. Like, for YouTube beats, I'm like, damn, fool. <laughs> that's, that's some good-ass. And, you know, with DD, they don't really consider that, like, their major debut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. He's. I'm. I'm waiting for anything TD puts out. But I'll keep uh, my eye open for Boogie too. I just hate when people are more interesting in their music videos than they are in <laughs> actual music. You know. Oh. Yeah. But these are all albums that you should definitely, you know, check out and kind of form your own opinion about. And, you know, let us know what you guys think about any of the albums that we talked about. Future or James Blake or Tori Moi or Maggie Rogers or we just talked about. Um, Boogie. Boogie. Yeah. Let us know what you guys thought about it. Um, comments below, wherever this, you know, goes up, wherever you watch it. But Yeah. That's kind of the music that we've been listening to over the past few weeks because honestly, there hasn't been a whole lot. I do want to shout out Mike Posner. We didn't get oh, to okay. talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I did forget that. We're not going to go fully into it, but Mike Posner definitely had a solid, very introspective project. Yeah. Um, very cathartic, talking about his father for sure. Yeah, very personal, uh, talking about. A lot of serious issues, um, things that happened to him in his life, uh, people yeah. passing away, dealing with struggles in Dealing their with lives. loss and kind of figuring out your way after you lose, like, an important person in your life. Yeah. Um, but I think he did a very good job um, reintroducing himself with this project, so... He took a little hiatus, and this is basically him explaining why. Also, I love that how the intro. Honestly, I was gonna be mad the way he introed it, but then I did wait until I had the full forty-five minutes, and I appreciated it more. I mean, I did not wait, but I paid attention. But I definitely did not like not do other stuff at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, he's definitely another album that you should guys should go check out and give us your opinions about because I think it's worth talking about. I gave again I have full reactions to pretty much everything we talked about on the website and YouTube wherever this goes up. So you can highlight me there too specifically. Um if you want to get my full thoughts about all these projects. Um you know, we can have a conversation. For sure. But um like I said, yeah, it's kind of a slow, slow intro to 2019, especially compared to last year. Yeah, there hasn't been a ton. Not like a whole bunch of heavy hitters. I don't know. Future is probably the biggest name, and James Blake, I guess. Um, 
So yeah, we're still waiting for this year to to kick off with some some more major projects, but hopefully everybody doesn't wait till June like <laughs> like yeah. last year. So yeah, I've only like this week I only reacted to two things because there were only really two things I really wanted to talk about. So uh, so yeah, it's been pretty slow, but I think over the next few weeks there are some new and upcoming albums of note. So we are gonna. You know, tell you which ones you should probably check out over releasing either today or next Thursday. So for February 1st, you have Beirut Gallipoli, their album coming out. Um, Nina Nesbitt, The Sun Will Come Up, The Seasons Will Change, Tiny Ruins, Olympic Girls. Uh, let me see. Broods don't feed the pop monster. Mm. And I think that's pretty much it for February first, two thousand nineteen, in terms of new releases. Double check real quick for you guys. Yeah, so for February 8th, 2019, we have Ariana Grande supposed to come out with her new album called Thank You Next. So, that's all bold. those singles, they were leading up to something. That is so bold. <laughs> quick turnaround, very quick turnaround. Six months later, fam. Was it even six months? I don't, I don't uh, about almost no. It's like five, five. Basically, she's never left since she did that. Did she even work the God Is a Woman album? <laughs> like, damn. She did, but then she went after all that shit with uh, Mac Miller. Mac. She went right into this album. Yeah, damn. This is so. Yeah, February eighth, two thousand nineteen. We're already getting her next project. Um, It'll be interesting to see the, the entire direction she goes with that one because I don't necessarily love the new direction she's going with everything, but we'll see. It kind of sounds it's kind of making me angry, but Seven Rings is a good song, it's a good song. I just don't, they're working it hard love too. The direction she got two chains on the remix that dropped today. That makes sense though, yeah. So, two chains on the remix already before the album's out, she already remixed her single. That's crazy. Yeah, she's kind of in an angry mode, and I don't necessarily Like, that's know. going heavy. How do you release the remix of a song that's only been out for, like, a week that's going to pre... Like, that, that your album hasn't even come out yet. That's, she's going hard. She's going hard in the paint right now. I mean, now. If, she, if, if she pulls off this album, she's going to be, like, a fucking superstar for sure. I don't think any other female artist has done this before. If this album goes number one? That last one. Yeah, for sure. So, that's one of the. So forward. I'm interested. I'm interested to see, you know, the Definitely. whole direction. Um. So yeah, she's coming out January, February eighth, two thousand nineteen. So next week, um, you have Panda Bear, who hasn't dropped out in a real long time. Uh, Bowie's, uh, 
Let me see what else. I'm not really seeing a whole lot else coming out for February. <laughs> like I said, it's been a slow intro into the year. When so everybody I would say, dropped last year. <laughs> yeah, everybody kind of chose to come out last year for some reason, so including Ariana Grande at the end of last year. So At the end of last year. That's what's wild. In the second half of the year, she dropped an album that people loved or liked a lot at least. It was it was well received. So it's hard. I can't believe she's actually coming with a whole new album and she's doing an excellent rollout right now. I have to say this is this is an interesting rollout. She, no, like I said she she pulls this off. She'll be a superstar for sure. Solidified superstar. Yeah, this might move her into that, like, Britney Spears iconic when Britney finally was Britney. Mm, let's pump the brakes on that one. Not nah, close, I man. Remember it's close. how big Britney Spears is. Yeah. I know, but this is like, this is like Ariana's starting to catch that oops, I did it again buzz. Like, she's getting close mm. to, like, that kind of way. Close, but. She's not there, but pump, she's getting close. Pump the brakes a little bit. She's getting close. Britney, Britney was a whole. Another animal. Oh yeah, but she's getting close. She ain't there. She ain't there. Yeah, so that was it for February 2019. Basically, Arne Grande, thank you. Next, and Panda Bear Bullies. Um Which interesting. I've actually heard Panda Bear's album. I think <laughs> last November. So. Oh word. Yeah, I haven't. It's something that you should definitely. I'll talk about, but it's a good project. Um so yeah, that's it for the new music coming out in the next two weeks. That is, yeah, that's it. Um, as you can see, Doris is wearing our new beanies. Yeah, this is mad they are comfy. super ill. Um, it's just dope. And of course, I'm always rocking our gear, t-shirt, yeah. hat. But this week and this weekend alone, the next three days, two days, I guess, when this comes out. You will be able to get the beanie and one of our new hoodies for a super low price. So definitely uh, grab one of those before you know they go back super up to super low. Trust me, if you want to get that before fire. they go back up to our regular price. So you have two days to do so by the time this comes out. Yeah. If you have any questions, comments, topic suggestions about this show, past shows, or any of our future shows, please let us know in the comments wherever you you know. Watch us, SoundCloud, YouTube, on the website, wherever. Uh, you can also email us at podcast at livinglifefearless.co or you can go to livinglifefearless.co slash podcast and fill out the form there. And, you know, we will get back to you and we will just, you know, kind of consider any of the comments or suggestions you have or questions and we will try to get to you either in Emma or in one of our future shows. Again, today's date is February 1st, 2019 for our latest episode of the Music Files podcast. And we are thankful once again for you guys for joining us. If you are enjoying these podcasts, please subscribe wherever you, again, watch us, either on YouTube, SoundCloud, wherever. And we'll continue to bring you, you know, the latest in uh, music and culture. So, as always, uh, do what, Darius? Keep living life fearless, y'all. We will be back shortly with our next show. Till then, we'll holler at you guys soon. Yeah. Peace. Peace.